Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco. Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you. This season of Freelance Writing Coach is sponsored by Kat Bogard, a fellow freelance writer who provides helpful advice and resources for creative freelancers. We both know Kat personally, and if you're struggling to pitch stories and land freelance writing clients, Kat's Pitch Pack takes the guesswork out of formatting those nerve-wracking emails. The pack includes eight pitch email scripts for a variety of scenarios, completed samples for each template, and some helpful tips to write pitches that get responses. For more about Kat and to purchase your own pitch pack, visit katbogard.com slash pitch pack. That's K-A-T-B-O-O-G-A-A-R-D slash pitch dash pack. Tell them Kaylee and Emma sent you. We had a listener get in touch with us and share that she found much of our tips were for beginning freelancers. And while this is true, we want to make sure that our podcast is reaching freelancers of all stripes in all areas of their career. And what this listener asked us about was, you know, how do you get a client before making the leap to freelance when you're further along in your career? So you have more responsibility in your day-to-day jobs. It's tough for you to find the time to take on freelance projects. You also may be making more money and, and substituting that for freelancing may be overwhelming. And so today we want to talk about where freelancing fits into your overall career. So we want to answer that listener's questions about what happens when you're in your mid-career, but we also want to explore where does freelancing fit into the whole span of your life? So Kaylee, why don't we start with that question from our listener? What do you do if you're further along in your career and you're and you're looking to freelance? Do you have any recommendations? I do. And I think it looks a little bit different for everyone. I mean, everyone's needs are different. Everyone's life is a little bit different. But I think that you and I both used the like side hustle. I guess I hate calling it a side hustle, but like a side freelancing gig um, as a starting point. And so you and I both had full-time jobs for a while. We're doing projects on the side in our free time. And eventually those side projects snowballed to the point where they were viable full-time careers. And so that is my favorite model for encouraging people to start is that, you know, don't, don't drop everything and say, okay, I'm going to jump in with both feet. Like make sure that you have a viable skill set, a viable business model that you actually like the work. Give yourself some time to do it before making that leap and give yourself a little bit of a financial runway too. Like maybe save up six months worth of what you were making at the full-time job. So you have a bit of security and can feel a little bit more comfortable if you're wanting to eventually make that transition. So I think the one exception to this is that some people are just so overwhelmed by a very busy career where there's a lot on their plate, a lot of people looking to you for direction, for help. And so you come home at the end of the day and you are just mentally maxed out. Like there is not an extra ounce that you could devote to doing anything on the side. So I have heard of a few freelancers who are in that boat and they said, I had to quit the job and free up my brain 
mind space to try that in the first place because I never could have made the side freelancing thing work. I just, it physically, mentally was not possible. But I think for the majority of people, it is a pretty viable option. I know that that's further complicated when you have kids and family and and other responsibilities on your plate. (laughs) You know, you're not just coming home to endless free time. That makes it more challenging. But, you know, if this is something you're really wanting to do and really passionate about, you probably have an extra hour or two every day where you could fit some things in. So that's my that's my two cents on it. What do you think? Well, I agree with you and I also don't because I think that so much of it is about knowing yourself and knowing what you can handle at any given moment. And and I agree with what you said that there's a lot of people and I think what our listener was asking was was kind of in this bucket which is doesn't have an hour. Like needs needs a full week to think through what it might look like to freelance. And for those people, the the snowball effect that you and I took on, it's just not viable. It just isn't. They they really should think about, I'm going to save up for six months or a year, and I'm going to try and get this off the ground. And if it doesn't work out, I'm going to go back and try and find a job in-house. One of the things that I think about, though, is that if you're further along in your career, it actually, even though you have much more experience and, and you have much more to bring to the table, it's in many ways a lot harder to leave that behind. I'm working with a founder right now who is founding a startup, and she's constantly convincing people to leave their cushy jobs at Facebook and Netflix and whatever. We're in the Bay Area. So she's constantly trying to convince them to leave. Um, And one of the objections that she hears is like, I do want to join a startup, but after I become a VP or after I become a director. And and her response to those people is like, you know, it's going to be harder when you reach that milestone to leave. Like there's more to give up. So one of the things that I would encourage people to think about if they're in the mid-career and they're thinking about leaving to freelance is actually like to do it sooner rather than later, to not wait until X milestone has been reached because it's not, it's never going to get easier. It's an emotional decision to leave. So so that's that's one thing. And maybe we should talk about this a little bit broader, Kaylee, which is like when we think about our overall careers, like you think, you know, you're 90 years old and you look back at your career, where does freelancing fit into that for you? Is that going to be like, I spent my whole life freelancing and and that's what it was all about? Or what does 90 year old Kaylee look back and think about the overall career? I love this question. I feel, so uh, I know in season one, we talked about how I'm not good at thinking forward about the future, but I I do enjoy thinking about hindsight. So for me, I think I I would look back, and this is from, of course, my my current life stage and current point of view, but as like one of the best decisions I ever made because I just felt so trapped in in a nine to five office job. I knew that I could be so much more efficient. I knew that I could earn so much more based on just kind of my work style and efficiency that freelancing for me is it's just, it's the right fit. It's its the thing I'm supposed to be doing. I, I feel like I know that because every time I sit down to work, I sometimes get frustrated, but 99% of the time, I really love the work. I enjoy it. I'm proud of the work that I do. I earn a great salary every year from this business. I feel like I hit my stride. You know, a lot of, I know that like Joseph Campbell talks about the hero's journey. Part one is figuring out who you are. And then number, the second part of your life is like, how do you act on what you've learned about yourself? And so I feel like for me, figuring out that I was supposed to be a freelance writer 
happened fairly early. So I started back in 2013 full time. And I feel so fortunate that I've been able to like do this for the past seven, eight years now. And that I like acted on it, like you said, sooner rather than later, I could have I was I was scared to make the leap, but I, I did it. And I did it when I was young. And I think that that was helpful, too, because I didn't have a lot of the responsibilities of like a family and, you know, a big house and cars and all of those things that can become the golden handcuffs. So yeah, I feel like 90 year old Kaylee is going to be like, hell yeah, you did the right thing. What is 90 year old Emma going to think? <laughs> so 90 year old Emma thinks about it in terms of not that freelancing was the right fit, but that being self-employed was the right fit. So I often think about like, what is my career going to be? And you know, I'm not opposed to one day, and I think I've told you this before, I'm not opposed to one day if the right job came along that maybe I would consider, you know, working full-time somewhere. Maybe if the the path of my life made it seem like that was a really viable option. But I think that would only be a stepping stone to then again be self-employed. So like I can see that, as Sheryl Sandberg says, uh, your career is a jungle gym, not a ladder. Like it's a place to play. And so I see it as like, I know that ultimately I want to be self-employed. And as a freelance writer, that's been an excellent fit. I love writing like you. I love the work that I do. At the same time, I... I can see myself getting excited about something maybe and wanting to join a company. Although in the five plus six years I've been freelancing, occasionally I'll interview for a full-time job and I always reach the same conclusion, which is basically no. But I can see myself like founding another type of company or, you know, dabbling in something different. And so I think the self-employment may always come back for me. And uh, this brings up another thing, which is the like going and getting a full-time job after freelancing for a while because I think some people see that as a failure and I don't at all. I think it's just another step in your career. I talk to clients all the time who maybe freelance for five years and now they're working in-house so they know what it's like to freelance, but for whatever reason, they decided they wanted to be in-house again. You hear from people all the time who they tried freelancing for a little while. Like I think of Val Val Geisler or Geisler. I think it's Geisler. You know how you pronounce her last name? So she did a stint uh, freelancing as a virtual assistant, and then she went and worked for ConvertKit, I believe, in-house. And then she left, and she did email strategy, copywriting, and consulting, and now she's she's working in-house again. And so I think this is actually like really inspiring because someone like her is like, okay, I tried freelancing in this way. I got tired of it. I went in-house. I learned a ton. And then I came out and I offered some more freelancing. And then I went back in because it felt like the right fit. And I don't know all of her reasons for doing that. Um, but I do think that uh, there's nothing wrong with whatever you choose. That's sort of my point is that there's no like failing at freelancing. Like if you, I always tell people if they're really struggling as a freelancer, like they are having trouble finding clients, they feel like they don't know what they offer, they're just struggling. I say, you really should consider getting a job in-house because you can go and work somewhere for three or four years, earn a lot or, or well, earn, I mean, I actually meant <laughs> learn a lot, but you can also learn, you can, you can earn more than maybe you're making as a freelancer because 
because these struggling people, that's often what they're struggling with. You can learn and earn a lot, and then you can come back out with sort of a fresh perspective on freelancing if that's your ultimate goal. So I think that switching back and forth is totally viable. And for a lot of people, that may be the best option. Yeah. And I I agree. I'm seeing so many freelance writers that I have worked pretty closely with who are also taking in-house jobs now. And especially with the shift to remote work, I feel like you can still kind of get the best of both worlds. And you can also leverage that freelancing experience, especially if you're still in a content type role, being on the other side of the equation, that's almost an advantage to you as a hire to a company is that you fully understand both sides of the equation, which I know you do as well. But for this listener who asked this question, it's funny, I actually know a little bit of context about why she asked it, because she and I did a coaching call a while ago. And she was in the boat where she had a great job. And what she found was that she had so much expertise and she often got asked by so many people outside her company um, to to share what she knew and to kind of impart her knowledge that she was like, there's such an opportunity for me to, to share what I know beyond this one organization. And so for her, freelancing or... <laughs> I guess you could call it consulting too. It's kind of however you want to frame it. But that gave her the freedom to not just limit her skill set and her expertise to that one company, but to share it with a lot of different organizations and people who really needed it. So I think that that's another thing to consider as well is like when you think about your legacy and you think about your impact, if helping a wide variety of people is important to you, or if you're okay with leaning into one company, one organization and really making a footprint there, you know, that's something to consider as well. Yeah. I mean, it's an, it's an interesting question. I mean, I also see a lot of people that have in-house jobs and then they freelance a little bit on the side and they, they sort of see freelancing as, as play income, so to speak, right? Like it's maybe not keeping the lights on, but it's more of a passion project on the side. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think there's, there's many ways to slice it. And it, it, so much of the key of this is understanding yourself and, and what gets you going. I do think that there's something to be said for legitimizing yourself with some of that experience. Like I think of that example of the listener and she knew that what she had to offer was in demand, right? And I think sometimes when people freelance and they, they, they're they sort of freelancing right out of the gate of, out of college, they don't, or even, you know, they didn't, they didn't go to college, but they're like, I think I could be a freelance writer. They don't necessarily understand the landscape in a way that, that somebody, who's seasoned does and that Mm. can prevent them from from getting from from getting freelance writing jobs or choosing a niche or or all of that stuff yeah that makes me think of my mom who is in her 50s now she's a cpa but she has worked with a variety of companies most of them larger scale but across several different industries and so she has this advantage of knowing kind of the parallels and and the themes and the shifts and and what to look for within the landscape across these different industries and she apply she can apply that now as somebody who works as a consultant and you know share that kind of cross sectional expertise and she wouldn't have had that unless she had worked in house for these different companies and so again like maybe this is a good viable option for somebody who is later stage in their career and you know they're they don't want to retire but they also have a lot of really valuable expertise that makes for a natural fit for freelancing or consulting um, which provides a little bit more flexibility you can work from home you can set your own schedule but you could still earn a very good living doing that it's just a matter of again it, there's a lot of risk there's a lot of uncertainty it's it's a scary leap to make sometimes but 
that's the other thing too. I think I think we're probably going to see more people who are entering, you know, retirement age who are looking for, okay, well, what can I do now to keep myself busy? This is a really interesting option for them. Yeah, that, that I was going to say the same thing about retirement in the sense that I have seen people go into retirement and then come back out because they're like, I'm bored. And for them, the financial aspect of it is actually not as important because maybe, you know, they, they, they maybe have saved for retirement. It's not about that. And so so that's another aspect of it is like freelancing may fit into your life, not as kind of the, the financial breadwinning enterprise for you. It may be more of something that you're doing to give back. And that may be coaching to like or coaching or consulting or there, you know, that that's sort of like, how can you offer what you know and what you've learned to people on, you know, in a way that works for you. Right. And I think this brings up why people freelance. And so much of it is about the flexibility and the ability to decide how, when, who you want to work for. And there may be times in life where that's really important to you. For example, you know, you might have kids at home and you want to work during their school hours, but you don't want to work till 6 p.m., let's say. Or you may be in retirement and you may have extra time on your hands, or you may have gotten laid off and you're like looking for a job, but you were trying to make ends meet and the in-between. So there's all these sort of situations where freelancing may be a good fit. And then there's other life situations where you're like, you know, this isn't a great fit for me right now. Like, one thing I often think about is health insurance, <laughs> a very oh, sexy, yeah. a very sexy freelance topic. But, you know, if my husband were to quit his job or lose it or whatever, if something were to happen and we lost our health insurance, I really, really might consider going in-house and getting a full-time traditional job with benefits, not because that's necessarily what I want to do for the rest of my career, but it may be the best decision for our family. And, and I think that's something that, has to be considered as part of this conversation because I hear from so many freelancers too, or like wannabe, well, wannabe isn't fair, but like would-be freelancers who are like, I can't make this work because the health insurance for my family in the United States is going to cost two grand a month because I got two kids and I live in, and, and that's real. And so mm -hmm. I, I think it's okay to say, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to work in-house at a job that, you know, I can more than tolerate. I'm going to try and find something that I can derive some meaning out of. But at this season of my life, th this is, this is something that I have to do. So I think that's, you know, I think when we talk about freelancing as a career, it can seem like, oh, it's all rainbows and, and fairy dust and all that. But there's some really significant downsides, especially if you're, you know, you're not a, not a solo person, but even if you are right. And you need those kinds of benefits. I mean, I often thought before I had my son, Actually, this is kind of interesting. We're going to talk about maternity leave and and that sort of thing on another episode. But I considered getting a job at a tech company where I, you know, and working there for a year and then getting this, you know, six or seven month paid maternity leave. And and when I was, after I had my son, and I, keep in mind, everybody, I live in the Bay Area. So that's sort of, this is like very standard here. Um, and we're really lucky. I mean, I, I don't have that, but people are lucky that they have that. And I was in a hospital support group after my son was born and all of the 
other moms were working for Google and Facebook and wherever, NVIDIA, and they had these six-month maternity leaves and and they were paid throughout those leaves. And I, meanwhile, you know, my business is costing me money while I'm taking that maternity leave. And so, you know, it's funny though, because I think if I have another kid, I'm I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try and go work at a big tech company. But I, all I'm trying to say is that in the span of your career, you may make different trade-offs uh, based on where you are in life. Sorry, that was like a sort of crazy tangent about me personally. But no, no, that was really interesting. I had never heard you say that before. So that is really interesting. But yeah, I think it definitely speaks to the fact that life stages change all the time. Personal needs change all the time. So it's it's just, there's a lot of questions to answer before you decide, like, is this what I want to do? Is this right for me? And sometimes if you can't answer those questions yourself, like talk to somebody who's doing it full time and see what their stance is. Talk to somebody who's maybe in-house at a different company. And if you don't feel comfortable doing either of those, talk to a therapist, talk to a coach or a mentor and, and bounce the ideas off of them and help them um, see that the, see the issues that you're wrestling with and help you work through those and, and try to sort out what does make the most sense. Because until you do that, and until you answer those questions, you can't be certain that you're you're kind of making the right choice for yourself. I think you really need to be honest and, and answer those tough questions. And it's hard to do on your own. So this podcast is a great starting point for you if this is a boat that you're in right now, and it gives you plenty of fodder for those conversations, but have them. I think that that's the call to action here is have those conversations. Ask yourself those yeah. tough questions. Right. Yeah. And don't be afraid to experiment. That's one thing that I tell people too, is that if you save up the money and you want to give freelancing or consulting a go for six months, for a year, give it a go and know that an in-house job may be waiting for you. And again, I love the Sheryl Sandberg quote about, you know, your career is a, is a jungle gym, not a ladder. So feel as though you can play around. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach Podcast. If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit freelancewritingcoachpodcast.com.